Hello, and welcome to the podcast version of Dungeon Boys, a D&D show DM'd by me, your host, Keith Melinder, uh, participated in by our players Josh Pierce, Bryce Pierce, and Zenas Breslin. Uh, this show was actually made from episodes 1 to 7 uh, as a YouTube video show, uh, so you will hear us refer to viewers uh, and maybe not listeners until then, so do not be alarmed. It was between episodes 7 and 8 that we decided to push this into a podcast uh, as well as a YouTube show. Uh, so if you would like to visit the YouTube show and watch us play uh, in video form, you can go to our channel, Tank Media Games, uh, and search for Dungeon Boys on YouTube, and you will find us. This is episode zero. I've decided to split out the world building and character introductions episode into a separate episode. That way, if you are interested in the world building, the the world in general, or the characters and their explanations and descriptions of themselves, uh, enjoy this episode. Uh, other than that, if you would like to skip straight to it, our beginning of the gameplay, you may move to episode one, where we actually do start playing D&D and getting into this original story that I have designed for our players. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Dungeon Boys, episode one. If you're one of the few people <laughs> who know that this isn't really the first episode of Dungeon Boys. Kudos to you, Rob. My man Rob out there. I know he watches. Other than that, I'm not sure. Russ is out there uh, watching. But we had a Dungeon Boys series before. Uh, two weeks ago, we aired the first, the last episode of the uh, first iteration of Dungeon Boys. We had a different group. Uh, that group proved very difficult to get together. So we all, as a group, decided, you know what, we're going to shut that one down. Um, and we're going to move to a new Dungeon Boys group. We weren't too deep into Dungeon Boys. I don't feel a need to rebrand. Uh, we've had maybe 100 views total across all the videos. I don't think anybody's going to be super confused. Uh, so welcome for all you know, the first episode of Dungeon Boys, our D&D podcast on Tank Media Games. I'm going to introduce our players here. We've got some close-to-the-heart players. This is Josh Pierce, Woo! my brother. Bryce Pierce, my other brother. I have other ones, but they're not here. I have at least one other one. <laughs> Just one. That, that are more. family than we have in-laws. But Zenus, honorary brother, Zenus Breslin. Um, they're all going to be playing fresh new characters. Zenus is going to be you never knew? reprising his role. I don't from the say last, ones, last so names very people. often. Do what? You're okay. Didn't Bryce. know his last name. Yeah. Oh, you didn't know Zenus' last name? <laughs> I mean, it's never come up before. <laughs> there you go. Dungeon Boys brings out, brings out a lot of information. Um, what was I saying? I don't know. Everything. Uh, I was saying, uh, yeah, Zenus, Introductory if, things. If you're, if you've watched earlier Dungeon Boys videos, <coughs> you'll know that uh, Zenus plays a character named Grim. He will be doing that again, but you need to forget about the stuff that happened in the first campaign because that and no, that is no longer exists. That's a different timeline. Uh, Mandela effect that is gone. We have crossed into a different universe. Um, so D and D, like let's let's quickly experience with D and D. Because I would say we all have a, a similar experience with the game. Because this was the core group that started playing D and D back before we decided to record anything. Getting the band back together. Yes, none of us had played D and D. We are the original before. quartet. And so then the four of us got together and played through a, a very rudimentary campaign of my making. Uh, it was a good time. So we got hooked on D and D since, and so now we're going to record something. Yeah, very exciting. nerds. That's that's it. I have a I have a gaming channel. <laughs> the, the, the nerd train is passed. 
I, I've jumped on. I'm, I'm sitting in the one of the sleeper cars. I, I just have a good old time on that. Track. You have a Dungeons and Dragons gaming channel. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, mega nerd. If there was a nerd seeking missiles, there would be several on the way to the house. <laughs> uh, but <clears throat> we're gonna get started. So, if you watched before, you know a little bit about the world, but I'm going to say this stuff again because you can't watch those videos anymore. Um, so, this is a world of my own design. Uh, this is uh, a world that I've created. It's got, the story is original. You're not going to find this in a D&D uh, game or a book or whatever. So, some things will be far different from regular D&D. Um, certainly, me being able to create a world, I don't know if there will be as much depth as there are in the actual books. I'm, I'm certain that's not the case. But we want to make an original story, make something up, uh, and have a good time. So, <clears throat> welcome to the continent of Medine. Uh, we are. This is the Medine is essentially to the people of it. It is the essentially the only land mass in the world. There is comprised of five islands. It's, it's one continent. It's not set up like the the the, the world, the earth that we know with several different continents, the, the lands of the world, they all consider themselves to be one continent comprised of five uh, separate islands um, with five no. large cities that kind of make no, up the different regions. What y'all yeah. doing? Y'all figuring stuff out? Yeah. We still got some care. We got some character creation on the on the heels of the beginning of the episode. Fred, not gotta get things sure. some things finalized. Always happens. Um, but yes, the co the continent of Medine, um, the the world of Medine, really, one? it's a world and a continent. So, because it's not uh, the history of the possible. world. Okay. Boys, am I gonna have to throw you boys in the dungeon? Well, how did they know we're not? Not again, Massa. It look it looks like we're in the dungeon <laughs> in our dingy studio room. Anyway, Continent of Anim. It was created by the gods long ago. Uh, the gods created this world on the idea of balance. There's good, there's bad, there's life, there's death, there's uh, happiness, there's sadness. All things, there's, there's a reaction to all things. And they, they had a, a balance that they liked about this world and everything they liked about it. So they created the humanoid races. Um, most of the races that you would expect in the D&D universe. Your humans, your elves, your goblins, your orcs, your dwarves, your gnomes. Um, and everybody kind of kind of found their own race, and, and, and tribes were formed. And uh, Medin was a very tribal society in its early history, um, warring tribes between humans and elves, and some mixed tribes and stuff like that. And so there was there was war and death, but there were also times of peace, and there was still balance. Um, and once the the gods saw that things were that um, the tribal tribal stuff was kind of was kind of leaving and. And uh, the humanoid races were forming cities and big civilizations and things. Um, they decided to throw a little bit, make it a little more interesting in this world they've created. They they tossed in the idea of magic. Um, magic did not exist originally in the world. The, the gods tossed it in later on, um, and they allowed the humanoid races yeah, to make use of it. Uh, monsters, magical monsters, the D and D um, monsters of the universe came in. And so the, the world became a much different place. It was it was not just your regular stuff. It was you you had all these creatures that are new. These monsters. These large beasts. These magical creatures. These ghosts and fays and fiends and um, all kind of stuff. These large <clears throat> regular. Now you have giant boars instead of just boars. Now you have giant bears instead of bears. You have giant um, regular animals. You have beasts. Uh, so the gods tossed in the idea of magic, and then um, the the arcane arts became a thing. The humanoid races found ways to manipulate magic uh, and, and turn them into spells and turn them into things that they could use magic for to better their lives. 
um, which is where a true rift formed in this world. Um, magic took, takes practice in this world. Magic is not something that you're just super good at. Uh, depending upon where you get it from, we have this regular um, wizards, sorcerers, warlocks, all that stuff, and they all get their magic from different places. Um, but people who first discovered the use of magic, it, it took some practice, it took some learning, it takes research. And so magic over the course of civilization became the practice of the wealthy, the wealthy people who didn't have to spend their days grinding and working towards just being able to survive, uh, were able to spend their time learning and researching and writing books and doing research and, and figuring out how to use magic. Um, the poorer people of the world, uh, they had to work. They couldn't spend their times on such um, fanciful pursuits, so most of the poor people of the world remained magicless. And so <clears throat> time goes on. As time goes on, the whole uh, world, the, the continent, uh, decides to go for one, one government. Um, that government was comprised, the, the peak of it was comprised of uh, ten council members. Uh, two of each elected from the five regions of the world. We'll learn a lot more about this. I like to say that I'm, I'll probably do a video of just the lore, the background of this world um, that you can watch later on as well as I'll put up the, the documents that I've written up with this information and just in case you, you missed something or you want to know a little bit extra. Um, so there are, there are five major cities in this world. Um, Lonesome, uh, Harmony, Bargin, Merchant's Might, and what's the last one? Buckland. Buckland. Of course it's Buckland, Zenith. Thank you. Um, these five cities make up five large regions of the, of the continent. Um, they they kind of sometimes can cross islands, but uh, two officials are elected from each of these regions to go to the capital to govern the world. Um, and at first they were a pretty um, non-homogenous group. You had dwarves, you had elves, you had humans, you had like... Um, well, well-renowned farmers up there, but you had powerful wizards in the council. But eventually, um, the wizards have taken—they took over. Um, the idea that that being able to use magic made you uh, a superior being um, seeped its way into the ideas of all people, and so people wanted to elect their most powerful magicians, their most powerful magic wielders, because they felt they were the most powerful people. Um, and so eventually, your the high council becomes ten wizards, um, and now. We, we get almost to present day, these ten wizards have, have gotten fairly corrupt. Um, that's kind of a back behind the scenes thing. Most of, this, most of the people still kind of have this idea that magic users are better, I'm, I'm a lesser person. Um, but <clears throat> these ten uh, wizards have become corrupt on the High Council uh, and they are doing their best to uh, widen this rift of magic versus non-magic people, rich versus poor, this rift because they also see this world the same way they see themselves as higher beings. Um, and so one thing that they have done in the last couple, the last decades or so, I think, or maybe it's even centuries, that they sent one of their, a very powerful wizard to the island of uh, Isle Burren, uh, where they said, go here and uh, we need you to create an army for us. And so that wizard's name was Mor Morath. He went down there, he built himself a tower, and he started doing research on how to build an army. Uh, eventually he comes up with the first orc, and he builds an army of orcs for the, uh, for the Medine government. And so where each region once had their own army, um, now there's a continental army that has taken the place of these um, regional militias. Uh, and the government's able to do this because they say, hey, 
No longer do you have to fight against these other tribes. No longer do you have to put yourself in danger. We've got that. We've got an army. You guys can focus on doing other things. Um, there's no need for you guys to have militaries anymore. We got this. So that's step one. They've, they've formed a, a one-world uh, army. And then with the freshest legislation in the last couple of years is one legislation they call the culling legislation that the council have done has, has created. And this legislation um, is revealed to the public as a, a public work program that every week um, there's a lot of government work to be done. There's a lot of municipal buildings that need to be built. There's a lot of mines that need to be worked. There's a lot of things that the world needs to have done there are not enough workers doing. Uh, so every week in the major regions, um, uh, a group, a uh, uh, battalion of orcs comes through and they, they cull people from the, um, from the populace. They pull people out. <coughs> they, they'll come down the streets and they'll, at random, they'll grab four or five people every week to come with them on a wagon to do work. It's the, they come with the, the idea that uh, you should be honored to be taken to do work for your government. You should be honored to come and do, do this work, but they're splitting up families. Um, they are taking people from their homes and from their lives against their will. Um, and some of it's gotten a little bit violent. Um, people don't like it, but most of the world is still under the impression that this is a necessary evil. We want to trust our government. Um, they wouldn't do anything to completely harm us. But uh, that's where kind of where our story finds itself. Is I, I know I said a lot just now. Are there any holes or any questions you guys have before we start that you feel like would be helpful for the audience? Is there anything that I said that was relatively unclear? Um, I know I've I said a lot of words. A lot most of this stuff lives up here. So getting it into a linear form and pushing it out so you guys kind of understand the um, the context of what's going on is a little bit difficult. But I want to I, really I want you to know that this is a continent. Uh, consisting of five islands, uh, it's a world that was built by the gods. Um, there's a big folk, there's a big rift between people who use magic and people who cannot uh, or do not. And there's a big rift between the poor and the rich. And usually, the poor people are the ones who can't do magic. Rich people are the ones who can. Um, there are people on both sides of that equation. Uh, also, there's also a rift between magic users. Um, wizards are they see themselves as the highest form because this is. I sought out magic, I, I learned, I studied, I did research, but like warlocks, they know that they get their magic from, um, they get their abilities from uh, making a deal with like some otherworldly patron. That, and they, most of your high level wizards will see that as, oh well you, you got that, that's a cheap way to get your power. Or sorcerers get theirs from some event or some bloodline and they, a lot of times they'll look down on that like you didn't work for this, this is, you got power by means that's not, it's almost not fair. So there's a rift there, but the biggest rift is between the poor and the rich, the magic and the non-magic users. Um, and so that has caused a lot of turmoil. And then one of the big things is that the government has started pulling people from their homes to do uh, work uh, under the, the guise of, under, under the idea that work needs to be done and we need people to do it. Um, not, not enough taxes going around. So I know I've talked a lot. That's a lot of information. Thank you for listening to that if you did. Um, so do you, do you guys have anything to say about it? Any questions, anything like that? Maybe. I think it'll all kind of shake out once we oh, start, yeah. it start the train will. moving. Definitely will. I mean, My there's... character does have a cantrip. Okay. He's not specifically a magic user. But... That's all right. Well, yeah, we'll tackle that. Um, it won't. Like I say, it's it. That information is more of like you can hopefully people will be able to see like why you're treated a certain way or why people, if that kind of comes <laughs> out. But okay. one cantrip versus no cantrips doesn't make doesn't make you like a doesn't put you in like a different camp, you know. Um, so now, as we're going to start, 
I want our characters to introduce themselves and talk a little bit about uh, what they are, who they're playing, uh, I'd like for you to describe what you look like, uh, as well as um, maybe a little bit of your backstory, give us the high points, we'll flesh more of that out in-game, like, like Josh said, like, this is stuff hopefully to give you some categories to put things in as we play, but we'll definitely flesh things out as we play. Cool. Um, so, Josh, hit us, who, who are you playing as today? Uh, I am playing as a forest gnome druid by the name of Arlo, hmm. because I Arlo, um, <laughs> about four feet tall. I did not um, put that together when you sent me that text. <laughs> well, um, he's, got, he's got a simple name. He's got no family name. Um, he was found um, by a uh, dwarven druid uh, on the, the edge of the grasslands uh, cool. when he was very young. Uh, don't know who his family is right now, but hopefully that might be something to catch up with in the future. Um, kind of grew up in the Greenlands and everything um, with his his uh, mentor, the, the person who raised him. Uh, his name was Briar. Cool. Briar. So. Um, These word plays. Yeah. I know. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, um, part of. Um, Part of the gnomes thing was that he knows uh, gnomish and like common and like the dwarven or the oh, yeah. dwarven script, but he didn't grow up with any other gnomes. So part of my character is he doesn't know gnomish, oh, yeah. but he knows dwarven since that's cool. what him. I like it. Yeah. Um, so what we did, we we just kind of traveled from town to town because that's part of what a, a druid can do is he can enrich the lands of places that he'll stay and kind of meditate over for eight hours or more. So we would move from location to location, going to all the rural towns and enriching their crops, um, ensuring to have a bountiful harvest, just helping where we could. And in turn, the townspeople would kind of give us a, a place to stay and food to eat, stuff cool. like that. So that's how we made our living. Good dude. Yeah. You want me to keep going? Yeah, give, give us a little bit of... Um, get me up to the point where... You, well, I'll explain where you guys are, but get me to the point where you have this kind of, um, you have to find somebody. I know, I know how your backstory goes, but tell us, tell us what makes you into an adventurer, someone who's looking for something. Um, okay. Like that. All right. So get up to the point where like we lead into this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So we were doing this for many years. Um, I've, uh, I've started kind of learning a little bit of his craft, of, of the um, Druid traditions and things like that, and learning what it is that my mentor uh, can do, and starting to kind of branch out on my own, and um, decide to kind of split ways. Uh, he decides to go towards the city, some place we've never ventured into before. There is a map in the description. If you want to click that link, you can see a map of the area. It's a very cool map. It's a big map. Um, I've got some notes here. Um, I was on the mainland and he traveled to the Isle of Flame to see if he could find some folks to help there. Uh, first time going to the big city, so he went alone to Lonesome first. Yeah. I was supposed to meet him there about a month or so later. When it came time to meet him, I couldn't find him anywhere. I looked all over the city. So, um, let's see, let's see. So now I've, I've looked everywhere. I've, I've joined with the uh, Lonesome Investigative Department, the yes. LID. <laughs> uh, hoping I'll be able to find some people to help kind of gain some information, kind of get back on the trail of things, and maybe same thing, be able to help people sure. along the way. So, Yeah, that brings me to, to, to information I want to give you. This, this episode or this campaign is going to start where the three of them are uh, graduating 
uh, from their training session or their the, the training academy of the Lonesome Investigative Department. So essentially, they're going to be rookie detectives starting out of the series. Um, and the, yeah, I wanted to get everybody to where they would to tell you how they got to where they would have joined up with this um, investigative agency in the city of Lonesome. So, Bryce, tell us about your character. My character's name is Jack Law. I'm a high elf rogue. A, I was formerly a butcher in the city of Buckland. City. Yeah, city. City of Buckland. Um, during one of the cullings, uh, an orc came in to take my wife from me, and. In her struggle, she was able to get free, but fell backwards onto one of the many knives in my butcher shop, and was killed there. Gotta put those away, Jack. Do, but (laughs) the random cullings, you know, they they get you. (laughs) So, in response to that, uh, Jack is snapped a little. Uh, He's a little bit broken on the inside, and he's dealing with the cullings in his own way. Uh, That being, well... He's always lived his life as a butcher, so <laughs> one thing led to another, and he's become a bit of a uh, anti-hero Jack the Ripper sort. Um, he just feels like he's not doing quite enough where he is, and has decided to move on to Lonesome. <clears throat> cool. What does he look like? Sorry. Uh, I need to come back to Arlo and say what Arlo looks like, too. He's tall, slender, uh, wears a lot of dark clothes, wears a cloak all the time, and wears a half um, plague doctor's mask. It's just the beak part. Um, He does not like the smell of blood after his wife bled all over the meat he was chopping earlier that morning. Um, I'm going to hold you to that in the future whenever things die. I'm going to ask how you react to things bleeding. That's what the mask is for. He doesn't like the smell of blood. Okay, got smell of blood, sorry. Um, The mask is filled with, like, herbs and things that kind of mask the scent. Cool. And that's... So that's his look. I like it. Oh, in this world, elves have brightly colored eyes. Did you choose an eye color? Yes, he has brightly colored amber eyes. Nice. I didn't, yeah. In in the world of Medine, elves have brightly colored eyes, and half-elves have one brightly colored eye. That's, and it doesn't come out until like they're turned teenagers, so it's um, kind of a way that they know things are going on between elves and humans. <laughs> I'm 166. So. Nice. <laughs> Been around a while. Arlo, to give us a quick synopsis of what you look like. Okay, um, about 45 years old. That sounds like a lot, but gnomes uh, apparently like lived like 350 or 500 years. So you're young fella. So yeah. Um, Human age, like about like twenty four or so, cool. somewhere in there. Uh, about four feet tall, um, real thin, wiry kind of build. I mean, gnomes yep. are kind of slight. Um, strength is not my strong suit. Um, clothes are all kind of patched together. Okay. Um, just you know, town to town, people would like, hey, can I fix that for you? Stuff like that. Sure. Um, have a wide brimmed straw hat mm. with uh, a band going around with like different like teeth uh, and bones and stuff from like all the the different accomplishments like the things that I've had to fight off through through cool. like growing up and stuff and uh, yeah. yeah 
I'm gonna leave it yeah, with that for good. now. Sounds like we have two cool character pieces. I can give um, you that picture I drew up of mine if you want to put that in like a link or something. Yeah, Bryce drew a little sketch of his character that um, we can put up in a link as well. Uh, Grim, tell us about your guy. Uh, I'm playing basically the same character I was um, last time. Um, he grew up, uh, he was born and he grew up in Lonesome, um, kind of working for his parents. Like they're, I th- one of them's a druid, I haven't really decided which. I think the mom's a druid, and his dad is a, a paladin. His, yeah, his dad's a paladin, and um, like they just kind of fell into working in the forest and doing like lumber and stuff um and so he would he would go out with them and like just help out there but um the culling started like two years ago yeah um he's 32 when the story starts so i guess around the time he was 30 like he noticed like the orcs coming in and kind of taking people away and they took some of his friends and some some people really close to him so he was like hey hang on, hang on a second now um and so he, he decided that he was gonna kind of try to put a stop to that and he's a grave cleric so his whole his whole deal is a bit uh, darker than a regular cleric, I guess. Yeah, and your race is a little bit different. Yeah, I'm playing uh, in a fallen Osimar, but um, those don't technically exist in this world. Because I didn't know they existed at all before you told me about them, and I made the world. <laughs> yeah. So, um, like, it was it's kind of it's it's widely known that he's a cleric, but like his him being a grave cleric kind of plays into his background which like his origins which i don't know how he got his abilities um he's his deity is paylor which is like sun strength uh healing stuff like that um and he's he's a strong guy uses strength for stuff so yeah part of zenith is when he whenever zenith said he wanted to play osimar and i learned what kind of what osimar were i felt like it was a pretty cool opportunity for a a thing that's already in the world, so we'll explain kind of why Zenus has some of these little weird things going on about his race uh, as we go on. He'll learn more about himself. Um, We're going to find out that the country really is just struggling, and all these workers that they just randomly take are really well-treated. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just a happy world. I'm hoping you guys build like a like a bed and breakfast Grim together. Grim immediately touches his head and just, just shrivels himself away. <laughs> yeah. um, what do you look like? Uh, Grim, how are you dressed? I look like me, basically. Dopeness. Just without glasses. Um, bald and with a beard and whatnot. Um, uh, he's probably about as tall as you are, uh, Jack. He's like, he's a little bit over six feet tall. Um, he wears like... Six five. Well, he's like six three, I think, so he's just, just a bit shorter. Um, he... I wear like travel pants, which I'm... They're like... In my mind, I'm imagining like cargo pants in modern day, but they're yeah. like tighter and more well-made, sturdier. Okay. So, however, that translates into Midian clothing. Okay. Um, and then like boots Capris. and like a not capris. Okay. <laughs> not capris. <laughs> I was about to say, is if Zenith lets him get away with that, I don't know how we're going to change it. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to address that. No. Um, and then he wears like a kind of like formal, like a like a shirt. Um, and a vest and tie and a knee-length uh, trench coat covers all that. And your cleric symbol, there's like something. Uh, yeah, it's like a, it's a silver sun, which is Paylor's symbol. Well, his symbol is actually like a golden sun, but I chose silver because I think silver is better color. Um, and there's like a, a rock, a black rock that my parents gave me. Oh yeah. Um, 
I don't know what that does. As you're saying it, I'm remembering what I decided on these things. I'm like, dang, well, I wish we were about six months in the future and I could tell you about this. I'm excited to learn. (laughs) Uh, Maybe it won't take that long. We'll see. I I tried to con Keith into giving away his secrets. He's like, yeah, we're shutting down Dungeon Blazers. And I was like, well, I want to know what happens to Grimm. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, that's classified. Yeah, that's classified. Uh, Also, his real name is Thaddeus Baker. He doesn't just go around by Grimm. Okay. All right, boys and girls, we're about to start this game. Again, thank you so very much for listening to this podcast. We hope that our podcast version of our show will be able to uh, grab a few more listeners and, and make it a little bit easier because YouTube is definitely a, a hard medium to get people to sit down and watch an hour and a half video of you play Dungeons & Dragons. So we hope you've enjoyed our D&D podcast. Uh, this has been episode zero where we build the world and we describe our characters. Uh, in the next episode, episode one, we begin playing in the world of Medin. So I'd like to welcome you to the world of Medin. I'd like to thank you for listening to this podcast. Uh, and always, we love you very much.